Joining us on History Makers. Today we're speaking to US singer songwriter Don Francisco. Now, last week I had the privilege of seeing Don Francisco in concert. It was an absolutely amazing night. Uh, one of the highlights for me was when at the end of the night he sang a, a great song about how Jesus is the Lord of all, and people just spontaneously stood up and praised and worshipped God in the middle of that church. It was just a, a powerful night. The presence of God was there. He's a great singer-songwriter. He's one of the fathers of Christian music. How are you, Don? I'm, I'm doing very well, thank you. Now, uh, Don, tell us, um, how did you start out in music? Uh, you've been around for a long time uh, in, the, in the Christian music scene. Uh, when did you first pick up a guitar and start singing? I got my first guitar... Uh, in a blackjack game when I was supposed to be in Sunday school. <laughs> really, it's true. Sunday school. Actually, I uh, won the money for it that day, and one of the other guys that was that was gambling uh, had actually stolen the money he was gambling with from the Sunday school offering. Yeah, so if you think about it, uh, I got my first guitar on God's time with God's money, so how else were things going to work out? <laughs> And where did it lead you from there? <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, it's led me through a lot of learning. It sure has. Yeah. <laughs> and did you start uh, performing, what, you know, 10 years old? How, how old were you? I was, I was 14 when this uh, mm-hmm. blackjack game happened. But I actually was forced to take piano lessons from age 6 to age 12. And at age 12, the piano teacher told my parents to please give it up because I had no musical talent whatsoever. Oh, no way. Yeah. Did you agree? Um, well, I was just glad to be free of it. I love piano. I wish I'd, <laughs> I wish I'd learned how to play it. Okay. And when was your first ever public performance? How did you get into that? Oh, let's see. My first public performance would have been about three weeks after I got that guitar. And uh, a friend of mine taught me how to play the first few chords on it. And I, I, I literally practiced until my fingers bled. I loved it. I just, I didn't want to do anything else. And uh, we had a, a talent show. Uh, in the uh, junior high school that I was in, and uh, we did three songs, but and we just happened. I mean, it just so happened that since we'd been in church choir and you know knew how to sing harmonies and stuff, but it it, it just happened that we sounded exactly like the Everly Brothers. Oh. And back then, they were a really big hit, and I went from you know being just pimple-faced, unnoticed nerd, or Wally, whichever you call it, here, <laughs> uh, to suddenly being uh, dateable material, and it just changed my life. <laughs> okay, and then how did your songwriting come about? Because, I mean, your, your songs that you've written, you, you know, a lot of them are straight from Scripture. Uh, you've got such a gift uh, in writing songs. H- how did you start writing songs? How did that uh, part of your career start? Well, it was uh, actually a, uh, a whole lot more spiritual. Um, I started writing songs when I was a teenager, but they were terrible and no one will ever hear them. Uh, and, but when I was 28, uh, God spoke to me audibly one morning. Really? I'd, I'd gotten into uh, Eastern meditation and uh, yoga because I was, I decided from my upbringing, my experiences in church, that if, that if this was what God was all about, I didn't want to have anything to do with Him. And so I was, I was trying to find, uh, you know, something different. I wasn't really getting anywhere. I was meditating, as they say, on the clear white light of stupidity, 
God chose that moment, I think, because I was being quiet, and he spoke to me, and I really thought there was somebody in the room. At that time, I was into all kinds of sin. I won't give you a list, but, you know, you know the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll lifestyle. And uh, But he, 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 didn't, he didn't mention anything of, of that. What he said was, Don, this is Jesus. I love you. Why do you keep running from me? And he, he, he showed me on the inside who he really is. I don't, I don't know how to uh, describe it other than that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when, when Paul said, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me. And, and that, it was, it was such a relief to find out that God wasn't someone that I wanted to run from. And, from that time on, uh, you know, at that point, I was I was writing songs, you know, like uh, "Oh baby, let's let's get it on," or "Baby, please don't leave me," or you know, something like that. Uh, that kind of deep content. <laughs> and uh, but from that point on, I I had a whole different thing to sing about because you know I just uh, as. Uh, a songwriter wrote uh, fairly recently. I, 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 I had to tell somebody. You had to tell somebody. That's one of your great songs, absolutely. And it sounds like a true supernatural experience. Oh, it was it was very supernatural, and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for it because uh, it, it, it changed everything. So it obviously changed yeah, your personal direction and obviously your musical direction as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's uh, it's. As uh, you might hear me say in uh, my concerts, everything changed at the cross. The universe changed at the cross. The cross is is the point at which <laughs> all of life became different. I actually was really um, blown away. Just one little thing you said in your concert the other night. You talked about how uh, you know Jesus ministered under the old covenant until the cross. Yeah. And I'd never really thought about that much. I mean, I'd heard it before, but you really got me thinking about that. Do you want to just speak into that a little bit more? Well, uh, it's it's just to uh, get you know throw a, a pebble in the in the pond there because um, you know <laughs> Jesus is God. What he said, uh, he said as God. But in many of the cases. Uh, where he was responding to criticism and attacks by the religious people of his day, he responded to them by speaking to them as one under the Old Covenant, because they were under the Old Covenant. That's the only thing that was operational then. The Old Covenant ended when Jesus died and was buried. The New Covenant began when he rose from the dead. And our Bibles are really rather incorrect because someone decided they, that they'd stick that page in there that says the New Testament, you know. But it's in the wrong place because the New Testament didn't begin when Jesus was born. It began when he was raised from the dead. So there should actually be four pages, you know, stuck in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, that, that uh, uh, mark the time in between his uh, death and resurrection, because that's really when the new covenant started, and we are new covenant creatures, uh, which is totally different. I mean, in in the old uh, covenant, man was supposed to hold up his his end, which was hopeless. I mean, there's absolutely no possibility of it. But now, 
Jesus is the guarantor of the new covenant. The Father made the covenant with the man Christ Jesus, and Jesus is never going to fail to uphold his end of it. And you and I are safe in him. And it's such a relief because we don't have to try to to do everything right or else, you know, be in, be in fear of God's judgment or God's punishment. Jesus has already taken that upon himself. I like what you're saying there about, um, you know, the, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, you know, we've all got the NKJV or the NIV or the KJV. Maybe we should have the DCV, the, the Don Fran- or the DFC. <laughs> oh, dear. DFV. Oh, dear. Don, Don Francisco version. You, you can market that, mate. Well, I would encourage people to to do in-depth Bible study. Yeah. Uh, my dad was uh, actually a translator of one of the books of uh, one of our modern English uh, translations. Really? Okay. Yeah, and I grew up, you know, knowing him very well. Mm-hmm. And during the time he was translating that particular book, he was a very human dad mm. during that time. So he know. was also a pastor, a yeah. seminary professor. Yeah. And it's interesting that your music has always focused on the forgiveness of a loving God. I mean, um, you know, some of your worldwide best-known ballads have all been written from the point of view of Bible characters who was surprised by God's grace. And I guess that's why I love your song, He's Alive, you know, written from the point of view of Peter just after the crucifixion of Jesus. Tell us a little more also about Too Small a Price. Well, the idea for Too Small a Price was that I just felt very impressed with with Paul's words where he said, I came to you knowing nothing else except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so uh, I, I just, that to me, I, I, I needed to write a song about that. Mm. Uh, there was there was there was no other real purpose in in starting to tell that story, except to just you know, yeah, to to make a statement that that I come to you, and that's really the only thing I know because. Uh, everything else grows and flows out of that reality. Now, I saw you in Brisbane the other night. I know you've been in Lismore, uh, you're at Tari, Gosford, Sydney, Penrith, Adelaide, Ballarat, Melbourne. You, you're touring all across Australia. And uh, one of the new songs that you did the other night that I was so impressed with was a song about a preacher that got out a chainsaw and cut <laughs> his pulpit in half. <laughs> Tell us how that song came about. Well, actually, that is a true story. Oh, really? Yeah, it uh, happened in the 1970s in uh, England, and as a result, that was that was the beginning of the revival that spread throughout England in the uh, house church movement. Wow! But really, this it was this uh, uh, little uh, Baptist church there, um, maybe 150 people, and uh, the pastor got up. One Sunday morning, and instead of preaching, he pulled a chainsaw out wow. under the front pew and cut the pulpit off the wall. You know how they have pulpits that are, you know, built up so you climb the stairs up into the pulpit. You know? So grand. Yeah, and and the man of God preaches down <laughs> Raised to the, the people, heights. You know, right? <laughs> and uh, he just he just cut the thing off the wall and cut it into pieces and said, "That does it. From now on, you are all ministers." You've all got the same spirit of God in you that mm. I do, 
and I, and we're 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 going to learn how to release that. And don't you call me Pastor anymore. Mm. My name isn't Pastor; it's Sid. If you have to call me something, call me Uncle Sid. <laughs> and I met Uncle Sid just a few years after that happened. And I was I was I got to spend several weeks in that in that uh, fellowship, and the people there were just totally different from anybody that had ever any other Christians that had ever known they each knew the Lord they understood how to allow him to work through them and meetings were just powerful things that were weren't I mean there was <laughs> there was no bulletin you didn't know what was going to happen and it, it, it they were really led by the Holy Spirit and they were just powerful things and I was ruined, absolutely ruined. I will, I will never be able to, to settle in to something less than that. I mean, once you've been in a meeting that's actually led by God instead of by people, you'll just never forget mm. it. So well, yeah, that's that. That was that that new song. It's not on an album. It's not on a CD yet. It's it's that new, so it's going to be a little bit hard for people to find it. I'm going to try to get it up on my website but it'll be kind of hard long distance we'll just try to figure out how to do that but uh. now you're out here in australia and uh you're really a, a prophetic artist as far as i'm concerned you you bring a message wherever you travel uh, you don't just do a concert you you bring a message from you know from the lord wherever you go is there a specific word for australia that you have in your heart that you'd like to share with our listeners today well one of the reasons i'm here again and i was here last year about the same time is because I noticed in Australia uh, a sensitivity to the Spirit of God and a hunger for the Word of God that I have not experienced other places. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like there's some you know great great message for the Australian people that that. Uh, you know that that they're supposed to hear, uh, other than the same message that I always preach, which actually not a lot of people have 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 grasped. In fact, I can't say I have. But uh, the grace of God is so huge, and grace isn't part of the gospel; it is the gospel. And what I want, <laughs> what I want to stress everywhere I go is the 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 hugeness of of the grace of God the completeness of the love of Jesus the completeness of his finished work on the cross so that we can relax in his love without fear of punishment without fear of judgment and just reach out to the rest of the world because we know that that everything is taken care of for mm-hmm. us and and there is there's there's no need to worry that that we're not going to measure up or or that we're not going to receive from him everything that we need. Mm. Don, I think it's very timely also that uh, a particular number of your songs seem to deal with the difference between churchianity and Christianity. That's always been a theme mm. because I grew up in a, a, a very religious atmosphere, and I use that term negatively uh, because. I ran from God because of the picture of God I got in church. Mm-hmm. 
and you know, I, I I got a particularly graphic picture of it because, like a you know, like like you said, my dad wasn't just a preacher; he mm-hmm. was a seminary professor. So he he was he was into it really deeply. Uh, and if it if it hadn't been for for God speaking to me that time, and since then bringing people into my life to make sure that I don't get back into that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it's I've I've been aware that very much aware that 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 the world needs to hear about the love of god yeah. not not about not about the see what what usually happens is that pre- people preach oh you must be born again not all people do that but it but at least that's usually preached but then when you get into church people give you a list of all the things you have to do in order to keep god happy with you and you know people are even taught that 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 if you if you sin that that you know I mean you'll you'll still make it to heaven but but God's not going to answer your prayers. Mm. What what a what a what a horrible way to live, you know, to think that that God is is still you know putting putting marks down and and you know some people are going to have more stars on their charts than others. It's it's just craziness and it's. And it's and it's bad craziness. Well, Don, I can I can tell you're a man who loves to uh, share the love of God yeah. and the grace of God. And I saw that in your concert the other night too. I was so impressed uh, with the messages you shared in between your songs. Now, uh, also, Don, uh, Karen, my co-host here, her favourite part of the world <laughs> is Colorado. Oh yeah, <laughs> isn't it a beautiful part of the world? Hey? And I have to ask you, which part of Colorado are you in? Uh, I live in the uh, uh, very northernmost part. Yeah. Uh, between uh, Fort Collins and uh, Laramie, Wyoming, up in up in the foothills, and I've been to both of those cities. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, based yeah. in Broomfield, Boulder, Longmont, yeah. that kind of area. And I'm not surprised. I mean, as a, a creative Christian Colorado person, you're in God's country. Oh, <laughs> well, I think so. But I I decided that was that was it when I was about 12 years old. Oh. We went out there on uh, holiday once, and when I first Saw saw the Rockies. I just, it was uh, just uh, literally oh, awesome. Oh, this is it, mm. and it it took me many years to actually. Uh, decide that I was worthy to live there. Oh, so, and more than a musician, you're also a graphic artist in the area. Well, Wendy's really the artist. Is she? Oh, oh she is. But you do some too, I believe. <laughs> I do photography. <laughs> ah, photography. Okay. okay, great. The creative bent together. So you and your lovely wife Wendy, um, you also do some co- collaboration material as well, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. She she's an amazing songwriter and orchestrator mm-hmm. and backup singer. Well, Don Francisco, thank you for joining us. We reckon you're a history maker, and uh, if people want to find out more, they can go to RockyMountainMinistries.org. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. God bless you too, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to HistoryMakersRadio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to HistoryMakersRadio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.